Live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And we are at Buffalo Wild Wings right now. Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We're in Henderson. Hendo is like what I like to call it. Eastern, come check us out. Got the Topo Chico ladies in the building. They're handing out samples. VGK is getting ready to drop the puck at the Fortress. They got their Nevada Day jerseys on that are pretty dope, I have to admit. Nice, nice jerseys. So if you're not at the Fortress and you want to see some VGK action, guess what? Ding, ding, ding. Buffalo Wild Wings right here. Hang out with us. You can watch VGK in action in a matter of minutes. But uh, right now on the phone lines is our good friend from VegasNation.com, the RJ. That's Cassie Soto. And Cassie, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. And what are you doing on this fine Nevada day? Um, I wish I had the day off here. That would have been great if we got out a little early. But I'm, uh, I'm working on editing our Vegas Nation show that airs every Saturday morning. So that's usually what takes up most of my Fridays. Nice. So what's, uh, what's some of the features that you have coming up on Saturday's show? Yeah, so we talk about Darren Waller and that lingering, uh, well, I guess it's not lingering, but it switched over um, hamstrings that he's been going through. Obviously, we'll have some injury updates um, on Devontae Adams. I know everybody was. Uh, curious to know about what he's been going through. And then we also look uh, pretty in-depth at the Saints as well. Um, Heidi Fang and uh, Ed Graney do a good job of flipping the field for us, that segment's called. So they do that every week for us. There you go. Cassie Soto is our guest right now from Vegas Nation. I'm glad you brought up Darren Waller. I went on a mini rant there at the last of the, at the end of the last hour because, and not towards anyone in particular, but is it me or did like Raider Nation turn on Darren Waller like so fast? Immediately as soon as he signed his contract and he had a bad game or got injured, all of a sudden it's like he's the worst thing ever and why did they sign him and what like it just seems like Raider Nation turned on him so fast. Are, are you picking up on that as well? Man, they were a bunch of haters for a minute. My goodness, like they went after this guy. Like you tell me you have multiple hamstring injuries and you got to take a couple weeks off. Like, okay, I get it. But they gave Darren Waller no slack. They wanted him on the field if he was 40, 50%, you know, healthy. And yeah, no, I definitely picked up on that. And some of the comments and stuff that people just went to were, were pretty frustrating, actually. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Like, come on. You think a person who obviously, you know, did get that, um, that money and, and got paid his worth for a reason. You don't think that that guy's going to want to go out and prove that he's worth that much money. Um, but instead of just, you know, the, how fans were thinking he's just coasting now and going to Padres game and X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, come on, man, like relax. He's injured. He's coming back. He's working, working hard to get back. We spoke to him this week and um, I don't know if fans um, hadn't heard, but yeah, he told us, during the preseason, it was his right hamstring that he was having issues with. And then Vinny, Vinny Bonsignor, I was there with him, and he asked, well, well is it the same one? Just out of curiosity. And he said, no, it's actually the left hamstring now. So he's, he's going through it. But, uh, I mean, the smile on his face and sort of his demeanor showed that he was working as, as hard as he could to get back um, for this week. I know his status is questionable for Sunday, but I think if you ask him if, if he'd want to play, he'd say, yes, I'm ready, put me in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me make no mistake about it and make it perfectly clear. I'm not talking about anyone that's like listening to the station or chiming in on the show, but I just saw so much so much anger and hate towards Darren Waller. I was like, dang, yeah. man, this this guy is 
working his tail off. I mean, he's doing everything he can to get out there. And, you know, he's questionable for Sunday, so we'll see if he gives it a go. But, honestly, if he's not 100%, I'd rather than just sit him and let him get healthy, right? I mean, get as healthy as yeah. possible because you want him for the long haul. You don't want him to go in there and then aggravate it some more, and then he's out some more time. So I think if he has any questions, he should probably sit on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. What was it, like eight snaps, I think, during the Kansas City six. game? Yeah, six. Six. Six, yep. yeah. I went in because I wanted to see, you know, just his stats. And the Kansas City game's not even listed as a game that he played. You know, so, like, right. why why start him? Why get him suited up? Why have him run and prepare like he's going to play this game if he's not 100%? Um, obviously, that was before the bye week, so we know he had some time. But um, he, he's been back at practice this week. And, yeah, if he's, if he's not 100%, I don't think you rush it because, you, as we saw last week, right, the, the Raiders can find a way to win without him um they obviously love to have him as another weapon on the field but they'll find a way if there's a will there's a way um and i think you rest darren waller until he's 100 percent. i agree 100 percent. again cassie soto is our guest here on radio nation radio 920 and let's say roughness my man demand's got one for you when it comes to those receiving options, if Darren Waller is going to miss this game, the Saints have a lot of players injured in their secondary as well. Can you pick a specific Raider that you think may have a big game on Sunday? Um, I feel like I feel like uh, Hunter Hunter might go off. Hunter Renfro. I feel like obviously he came back from uh, injury as well, and they've been working him back, and he had some big plays. Um, in the, the most recent game versus the Texans. And I feel like he's one of those, again, like, I don't want to say sneaky player because we obviously know here in Las Vegas, the, the talent's obviously third and Renfro, you know. But I feel like he's one of those, those players that if you give him uh, just a few good looks, that he's going to make the most of what he can with those plays. So I'm going to go Hunter Renfro in this one. I like it. That's a good one. That's actually, you know, one of the answers that we've gotten because I've been asking the question, who's the player that we're going to be talking about on Monday, whether good or bad. And I actually went, yeah. with, I went with Jonathan Abram because I think that he could potentially have a really good game against Taysom Hill, maybe cause a, a fumble or something. Just the way he hits, I think that he has an opportunity to kind of go up against that guy. So I actually went out on a limb and said Jay, the Taysom Hill is going to be – or uh, Jonathan Abram, I'm sorry, is going to be the guy that we're going to be talking about in a positive way come Monday. Yeah. Yeah, well, I even think, too, like, and I, and I feel like I bring up Amik Robertson every every time I'm on here, yeah. but that might be, again, that's somebody that I'm pulling for. Uh, we were able to speak with him. It was late last week. Um, Heidi Fang and myself spoke with him. Obviously, a Louisiana boy, you know, he's saying he's yeah. going to have so much family in attendance, went to Louisiana Tech um, and played high school there, and he said that he's never had the opportunity to play in the Superdome, and he is, it is a dream come true for him. I'll actually have... Um, a bit of that interview in our Vegas Nation show for tomorrow, Vegas Nation game day. But talking to Amik Robertson, he's saying he can't wait to get in there. And it's so funny. He brought up his aunt, I get yeah, obviously a diehard Saints fan. So she was going to try to like do one of those split jerseys, you know, <laughs> that, that, that like the parents do every once in a while. Yeah, she's yeah. going to try to do like a split Saints Raiders jersey for Amik because that's her. That's obviously her, her home team. But her, her nephew, she's got to support him, too. So she was going to try to figure that out. So, again, maybe Amik Robertson goes off because he knows the stage that he's in, the, a dream come true, Halloween weekend. And I don't know if you've talked about the costumes yet, Q, but I cannot wait 
to see the costumes that are going to come out of this game, but I'll go I'll go with Meek Robertson, too, on defense on who I think is going to have a pretty big game. I like that. That's a really good one. Love to see a Meek go home and, and have a really big game, kind of, you know, put his name on the map, right? Let everyone yeah. know that he's arrived. That'd be awesome. Cassie Soto is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. Are you at all concerned about Chandler Jones at this stage of the game? Uh, I mean... Yes, like yes, I guess is the easy answer. But what is it? Half a sack now with Clee yeah. Farrell, like yep. recorded. So, I mean, it, like if not, you know, the last few weeks when kind of thing. Like I don't know. We, we see him in the locker room, and he seems to be in good spirits. So I just, I don't know if it's the system or what that he's just not been able to to gravitate to and to learn. And I mean, I don't know. You know, again, if it, not now, when kind of thing. So. It obviously is a concern. This defense could use a lot of help. One of the questions I asked was, is this going to be a game, obviously, Andy Dalton starting for the Saints, is this going to be where a game where someone not named Max Crosby can finally step up, right? Is this going to be it? And, yeah, it would be great uh, for Chandler Jones to step up, but, I mean, I don't know if the ship has sailed. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, Chandler um I was thinking Golden Knights. I almost said Chandler Stevenson. My bad. <laughs> mixing up, mixing up sports here. <laughs> uh, Chandler Jones. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Q, I don't have a good answer for you there, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, as the Chandler Jones defender, I'll step in here. Um, you want to see, you know, progression after each game. The Chiefs okay. game, stellar first half. This past yep. game against the Texans, half a sack. He's on the right trajectory of in the past couple of games. He's only been getting better, and I do think that he'll be even better in this game against the Saints and get a full sack. And and what was it? Was it the? It wasn't the Cardinals game, or maybe it was the Cardinals game. Where did he get all those uh, the penalties drawn on him? He, oh, that was the Cardinals game. Yep. That, that was, was the Cardinals, Cardinals game, yep, right? Yep, so obviously. Yep. Obviously, you're not paying this guy to, you know, get some cause some false starts or whatnot. But I mean, it, he he's obviously. I think Patrick Graham has even said too, the defensive coordinator, has said that he's affecting the game in other ways than sacks, and that's obviously important too. Because as we saw for Max Crosby bringing up his name again, no sacks, but some huge stops, a huge pass defense. You know, like there's other ways to impact the game. I just think everybody is just craving a bit more from Chandler. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the deal. I mean, they, they paid him a lot of money to, to get sacks. They wanted him to get pressures. They wanted him to do all that. But they, they also, they uh, they you know, they wanted him to get sacks at the end of the day. And that game that he got a bunch of penalties called against them, that was the Denver game. That's right. That was Denver. the Bronco. That's yep. right. That's right. That's a bunch right. of holding penalties. All that happened in that Denver game. So uh, this leads me to my last question, Cassie, and this has nothing to do with the game, but just – you and what you do with your career and obviously your family, Los and everyone is big Raider fans, of course. Uh, 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 Bronco Mama, of course, she's a, a Denver fan. But <laughs> to be able to, how special is it for you to be able to sit there with Pops and, and the rest of the family and just talk about their favorite team and talk about them from a point where, hey, I'm there all the time. I'm covering the team. I'm boots on the ground. Like, you know what I mean? On that professional yeah. level. Man, I don't know how many times I've had people come up to me, you know, and tell me like, oh, your dad is so excited. You know, every time he's just smiling and, you know, my dad being a first generation um, Mexican-American here. And I know how hard my grandparents work to, you know, make our family, the Soto, successful here um, in America and to see my dad and to know how hard he worked and now to like kind of live vicariously through my job, like 
I think that that's what makes it so exciting for me is that what I do fulfills the lives of like so many other people in my family. And if there's one thing that I know that I want to do in this life, it's to make my parents and my family proud. And yeah, like being able to do this every day, even the other day he came over to carve pumpkins and he wasn't able to go to the Texans game. And it was Marcus Allen on the game program, um, that Texans game, right, Q? Yeah, I yeah. brought that home. I give those to my dad. And he right away he saw it on the counter. He's like, is this for me? And I was like, yes, Dad, <laughs> that's yours. Like, go ahead. So it's that's- little things like that, that that I know he loves and appreciates. And to be able to make my dad smile, it, it's priceless for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I knew it was. I mean, I, I mean, because yeah. really, it's very few of us that get this opportunity to do what we do, and then to be able to share it with the ones that are around us that we love or help mold us into who we are. Uh, that is really special. So I knew it was going to be special for you, and yeah. you're doing you're doing a great job. So I know everyone's really proud of you. So uh, there you go, Cassie Soto, VegasNation.com. What do you guys got coming out? Let us know about the preview again. Yep. So Vegas Nation game day it airs every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. You can find it on VegasNation.com, ReviewJournal.com, and, of course, our uh, Review Journal YouTube page. So just type in Vegas Nation, it'll pop up first thing Saturday morning. There it is. Well, uh, continue the great work, Cassie. We appreciate you. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, there she goes, Cassie Soto from the RJ from VegasNation.com on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto. Fantastic work. She does each and every day, her, Heidi Fang, of course, uh, Adam Hill, Vinny, uh, they all, Sam Gordon, Ed Graney. I mean, they, they've got a hell of a lineup over there. I don't know how they pay all those folks. I don't know how they pay them all because, that, man, those are, those are some heavy hitters, man. Ain't nobody a slouch over there. They're doing some great work. So we definitely appreciate them sharing a few minutes with us uh, and, and Cassie a few minutes with us each and every Friday afternoon. 3.16 is the time. The puck has officially dropped. The Golden Knights are on the screens here at Buffalo Wild Wings. The Topo Chico ladies are handing out some samples right now. We've got all kind of prizes here. Folks are sitting at the bar. They're winning money. They're having a good time. They're chilling like villains. I mean, this is what we do on a Friday. Come on through and hang out with us. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We've turned this place, Buffalo Wild Wings, on Eastern here in Henderson. We turned this into the mini fortress. Got VGK on the TVs right now, 1221. Left in the first, 0-0. This is going to be great when they score. I'm so excited, Danny, when they score. I'm going to have Danny hop on real quick. When they score, I want this place here to just erupt. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping so. Wouldn't that be crazy? I really great? hope so. <laughs> we got Jason and Demi are here. Vegas Pete's here. Darren's here. All I need is for them to score a goal, and all of a sudden you hear the, and then everyone just loses their mind. I mean, if you don't hear from everyone else, you're going to hear from me. <laughs> all right. That's what I'm talking about. Danny I'll, is I'll get this place hyped up on a Friday afternoon. There Let's you go. It. Look, Danny, hey, look, Danny don't get out of the studio too often. Let me tell you, Danny used to be out in the streets with me all the time, and then Danny, Danny upgraded. He Beyonce'd. He upgraded himself, and now all of a sudden, now Danny's like a stranger outside. So now he he's outside. Isn't that what the kids say? I'm outside. Uh, so I'm you're wild outside. And loose. Yeah. <laughs> Danny is a is a is a wild one. So, hey, Vegas Jess is in the house. Offensive pass interference. It just happened. <laughs> That's my guy. He's in the building. So, yeah, the party has started here at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern here in Henderson. Come on by and hang out with us, man. It's Friday. It's, it's Nevada Day. A lot of folks are out. We got a lot of prizes on our table. Topo Chico's, they're handing out their drinks. They're sampling them. And uh, all we need is you. So come on by here. 
and get hooked up. Coming up at 3.30, Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He's going to join the show. We're going to talk all things just trade deadline. Talk about some players that could be potentially on the move uh, for the Raiders or, or for other teams, right? I mean, I'm not just focused in on the Raiders 100%. I'm just focused in on players that you might see have a new address come uh, Tuesday at the trade deadline or before the trade deadline. So that's coming up at 3.30. Been throwing out the question to you. Uh, what are the keys to victory for the Raiders on Sunday against the Saints? I think turnovers has got to be a big key. It's got to be a big key. That's what the, the Saints have done a lot of this season is turn the ball over, turn the ball over, and turn the ball over some more. The Raiders got to take advantage of that. Be able to take advantage of those turnovers that they do and, uh, and, and get them one or two and give them their offense a, a shorter field. So uh, that's, that's one of the big keys. And then also been asking, who are we going to be talking about come Monday? Who's the player, good or bad, that we'll be talking about? I went out on a limb and went with Jonathan Abram, just got a feeling that he's going to be a guy that's going to make some plays come Sunday for the Raiders in, in, in their, uh, their steps in their quest to victory. And I do think that they win come Sunday. Brad in Sacramento hit us up on the text line at 69187. Keyword R&R. Just wanted to follow up on the conversation a few minutes ago about Waller. I think, but I can only speak for myself, that the spite aimed at Waller isn't just because he was has the injury. I feel it's a compilation of that coming after he had the drop season in the end zone for first downs, and now he's out. That's not the combination we want to see after his new money and really lost confidence in the short hands as the ball is sailing his way. And uh, thank you, Brad, for that text. And I, I understand that completely. I, I mean, that is frustrating when a guy that you know you is very reliable and is a big-time weapon like Darren Waller all of a sudden is having issues, you know, holding on to the ball or making big plays. I just think that it's been a, a bad start for Darren, right, from the combination of not being out there in training camp as much as we all would like him to have been out there in training camp and then getting injured, and then getting the contract, and then having some bad, untimely drops, including a ball that bounced off his hands in Tennessee that turned into a touchdown, I mean, or an uh, interception. It could have been a touchdown. It turned into an interception. Of course, that's going to make folks frustrated, but I just I caution everybody, like, don't turn on him already, right? Don't turn on him already. Let him prove his worth, and I do think we'll see the best of Darren Waller. I think we're still going to see a lot to, to come. I know the guy is working hard. I know for a, a fact he's working hard to get back, whether it's this week or next week, who knows. But sooner rather than later, Darren Waller will be back, and I'm excited to see how he's brought up to speed into this offense. I mean, Hunter Renfro looked a little slow, you know, in this offense at first, right? Last week against Houston looked a little bit better, made some plays. So he could be a guy that we're potentially talking about come Monday. Uh, Mailman Raider said, Q, one thing I want to see is an early lead and hold on to it for the whole game. We need to see a complete game, and a key victory for me is do not let Kamara eat out of the backfield with the catches. Our run D has been good, but Kamara is a two-way threat. That is big facts right there. He is dangerous. That whole running back core, right? I mean, I just throw Taysom Hill in the running back because, well, he could do everything. But Kamara, Ingram, Hill, all those guys are dangerous. And then if you really suck up to try to slow them down out of the backfield, that's when a guy like Chris Olave can get loose. And if Chris Olave gets loose, it could be a problem. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 a good point, man. Kamara is is he he's he's dangerous, right? He's uh he's another version of like Christian McCaffrey where they could do just about anything. So, uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Let's take one quick call for Raider Fish in Berkeley. Welcome to the show. It's on your mind, brother. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, I don't even know what you, I just called in. You know, I was like, let me call in. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what what are we talking about today, David? Fill me in. <laughs> keys to the game, keys to victory for the Raiders, and who do you think oh. we'll be talking about come Monday? 
Okay, got it, got it. So, I, again, I love creativity uh, on defense. I think I mentioned uh, we got a timely defense. Right? We may not stop you every time, but to make key stops at the right time. And today I'm just going to go ahead and make a, a fish diction, a prediction with okay. my name on it. And that's okay. uh, right before the half. I think a key special teams play will be instrumental. And I think we'll be talking about, dare I say, if Turner the burner, he may have a return we're going to talk about, baby. Hey, I just want to tell the nation much love and Raiders. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley. I like it. That was a quick hang-up right there. But, uh, yeah, DJ Turner the burner. Okay, and a big – I like that, though. I, he's thinking outside the box. A key special teams play. I would love to see a key special teams play. And the reason for that is special teams has been a struggle, in my opinion. It hasn't been the solid unit that it normally is, right? It's been somewhat of a struggle, and I think that there's a lot that Coach McMahon has to prove still as a special teams coach. A big special teams day on Sunday would go a long way. Great call, Raider Fish and Berkeley. Thank you for that. 3.27 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern here in Henderson. Coming up next, we're going to look into the trade deadline and talk about some guys that could be on the move. We'll do it with Tyler Dragon from USA Today. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern in Henderson. Checking out VGK. That's right. The Golden Knights are on the TV screens. We got all the drink specials. We got all the food specials. We got the way to get you going into the weekend on your Friday. Enjoying it here at Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll be here until at least 5 o'clock. And, of course, at 5.05 will be the first pitch of the World Series, the Phillies and the Astros. Right now, join us on the phone lines from USA Today is our good friend Tyler Dragon. And, Tyler, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Appreciate you. Wanted to talk about the trade deadline and, you know, some guys that could be potentially having new addresses come Tuesday, November 1st, when uh, the trade deadline hits. I want to ask you, before we get into any players, do you remember when the trade deadline became a thing for for the NFL? Because remember, it used to be back in the day, there was never any movement. Nothing ever happened. Now, all of a sudden, we expect something to happen. How, how It hasn't been that long since it's been like this. And it's kind of refreshing from a fan standpoint. I feel like the NFL is trying to be more like the NBA when it comes to the trade deadline. We've already seen some big name uh, moved uh, like Christian McCaffrey. And I expect for other players to be uh, traded as well before the deadline uh, expires on November 1st. But it is kind of refreshing. Yeah, no, it really is. At first, it was something I just ignored. Now it's like, hey, I got to talk about this because <laughs> something something might actually happen. Let's start with the Denver Broncos. They're in London. They're taking on Jacksonville. If they do lose this game, if there's a chance that they are, they lose this game, if they lose, what kind of changes do you expect in Denver? Do you think one? Do you think Hackett could be out as soon as the the bye week for them, or do you think they'll just start selling off some players? Um, I think they're going to give Nathaniel Hackett a longer leash. He's okay. just a first-year head coach. Yes, it hasn't gone right. There's been some, you know, play calling issues, some play clock issues, and things are looking rough in Denver right now. But I think they're going to give him a little longer leash. As far as the players, um, I do believe that a couple Denver Broncos uh, could possibly possibly be on the move. Uh, Bradley Chubb is the first name that uh, comes to mind. A lot of teams around the NFL are inquiring about his uh, services, sources have told me, and he um, will probably, in my opinion, uh, get traded because uh, teams are desperate for 
pass rushers. Huh, there you go. That's a that's a big name that could be on the move. Again, we're talking with Tyler Dragon from the USA Today here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I'm intrigued by defensive tackle Deron Payne out of Washington, and he's a guy that's, you know, in the last year of his deal, he's going to want a new deal. I think that for the Raiders or any other team that needs interior push, I think he'd be a good pickup. What do you think it would take to get a guy like Deron Payne out of Washington? I think probably around a second or third round pick. We know he's a former first rounder out of Alabama. Um, it would definitely surprise me if the commanders got rid of him, considering that is the strength of their football team. Granted, he is on the last year of their deal, but there aren't a lot of uh, great players on the commanders roster, and right. he is definitely uh, one of them. And that's primarily why the reason they won three games is because the strength of that defensive line without Chase Young. You haven't heard of them talk or any other teams kind of talking or, or you know, looking into Duran? Oh, yes, yes. I, it, all players, especially, you know, of his caliber, that are in the last year of their deal, teams are calling to see if they're uh, available. Now, do I believe that the commanders will get rid of him considering the way uh, their season is going. They're, they're three or four, but, you know, they still want to uh, try to win some games here. Um, I don't believe he's going to be traded, but it w- wouldn't totally shock me. Teams are calling for his services, though. When it comes to teams in the league, I think that there's a lot of parity. A lot of teams think they have a shot. In the NFC South, the first-place team is under 500. So is there a team that's under the radar that's not completely out of it in the standings-wise but may be a seller during the trade deadline? Oh, man, that is a a good question. I wouldn't be surprised if the Tennessee uh, Titans uh, make a move. That AOC South is wide open, but I would not be surprised if they traded away some players or added some players. They can kind of go either way uh, considering the way, you know, their season has kind of been up and down, but they're still in the thick of things. As well, let's go on the NFC side to New Orleans Saints. I've heard uh, Alvin Kamara's name tossed around uh, multiple times. Uh, do I believe the Saints will get rid of arguably their best offensive player? No, but teams are acquiring uh, for his services, and he's one of the best running backs in the league and would uh, put the team over the top um, like a Kansas City Chiefs or a Buffalo Bills, and you can go on and on and on. Uh, about the teams that could use uh, Alvin Kamara, the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Uh, but I don't uh, believe he's going to be traded, but that's a team I would keep my eye on as well, the New Orleans Saints. Okay, well, I got to take it back just a second there. I'm a Titans fan. You know, I get one <laughs> Titans question a show. So uh, when you say they could be making some moves here, what type of a player do you think the Titans could improve on if they add them to their roster position-wise? Well, that offensive line is, you know, still a little bit suspect. Uh, they do need uh, some receivers. I know Robert Woods is, a, you know, a pretty good player out there. But, you know, they still haven't made up for the loss of A.J. Brown. Now, is a D.J. Moore available? Sources have told me the Panthers don't want to get rid of him despite the fire sale that's going on over there. But, you know, I think they can use some receiver help as well as along uh, their defensive front. Uh, Tennessee, their pass rush isn't too great, uh, so I can see them trying to upgrade uh, their pass rushing attack. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because I know there are already been a lot of names being tossed around, and I believe it where there's smoke, there's definitely going to be fire, and there's 
going to be some more players being traded before the November 1st deadline. Talking to our good friend Tyler Dragon from USA Today here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Let me take it to the Chi-Town. Let me take it to the Windy City, Chicago Bears. Roquan <laughs> Smith, that's a name that I've heard multiple times. That's a big-time name. That's a big-time player. Uh, any chances that he gets out of Chicago? Oh, man, that, that is a good question. Uh, we all know that he requested a trade and didn't get his trade request uh, granted during the offseason. And he was very emotional <laughs> when – uh, yeah. The Bears, uh, uh, you know, made their move, um, you know, shipping away uh, Robert Quinn. So, you know, I do think teams are still, um, you know, calling uh, for him, but I don't think the Bears are uh, willing to trade him at this point. Uh, I think they're a little bit reluctant. They believe that after this season they can try to get a long-term uh, deal uh, with him done because if you look at their defense across the board, there aren't really a lot of players you can build around in, in that Bears defense, but Roquan Smith is one of those players. He's a pillar uh, of their franchise, and they don't really want to get rid of him. Just for the sake of argument, what do you think it would take to get Roquan Smith out of Chicago? A first-round pick. <laughs> At least one, right? <laughs> yeah, the asking price for him is going to be high. I mean, he's leading the NFL in tackles right now. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, he's disgruntled and not performing at a high level. He has 78 tackles entering a week eight, and he's playing at a high Pro Bowl level right now. So it's going to take a pretty penny to get rid of, uh, I mean, to get uh, Roquan Smith. I do think it's going to be a first-round pick if the Bears do end up trading. Right, yeah, first-round pick and immediately sign him to a long contract extension <laughs> Right. before anything else happens. Again, Tyler Dragon is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And to say roughness, DeMond's got one for you. We saw last year that the uh, Rams, when they made the trade for Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr., that helped them in their playoff push and actually win in the Super Bowl. From the trades that we've seen so far before the deadline, wh which player do you think that a team has, has acquired is going to be one of those impact moves that you think can put a team over the top? So I'm going to give you two, and one is kind of obvious. It's Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers, um, one of the best running backs in the league. We all know that, but the way that you know Shanahan can use him in the 49ers offense, along with Debo Samuel, when he gets back healthy, that's going to put a lot of defenses in a compromising position. And I think you know that 49ers team, once they get fully healthy. They can be a Super Bowl contender in that NFC and they are going to give the Rams and a lot of other NFC teams a whole lot of problems. Even the team like the Philadelphia Eagles who are undefeated right now. And in the AFC, I have to say uh, Kadarius Tony. They're going to use him in Kansas City yeah. like Tyreek Hill. And he's going to be a sum in the backfield. He's going to be their deep threat. They're going to use him in some reverses. So he's going to be an X factor for a Chiefs team, um, and I really, really do like that pickup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, all they need, right? Some extra speed. Why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Hey, you don't have enough weapons. Go on and get a guy that's a 4-3 guy. Yeah, why not? Again, Tyler Dragon is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. I got an under-the-radar guy because, look, everyone always is going to talk about the big names, but I got a guy out in Seattle that is just kind of low on the depth chart, can't really get on the field. Earlier in the season he had a concussion, and he's out, uh, and the young guys took over, and that's Sidney Jones, the cornerback. 
I think it would be probably like a sixth or a seventh round pick if, if they were to move on from him. But do you think a guy like Sidney Jones could be on the move? Yeah. Um, um, one of my colleagues at USA Today, he wrote um, 19 players that could be moved um, during the deadline. And Sidney Jones was uh, one of them. So I definitely believe that he's a player that could uh, be on the move, especially a Seattle team. You know, they, I do like what they're doing right now. Geno Smith and that offense, they have raised a whole lot of eyebrows. But the Seahawks have shown the willingness to trade good players away, right. i.e. Russell Wilson. So Sidney Jones uh, could be on the move as well. Who, I mean, how surprised are you that Geno Smith is playing the way he is? And at this point of the season, we're talking about Geno Smith playing at a higher level than Russell Wilson. I am shocked. He's <laughs> playing better than Russell Wilson right, right now. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have, if you just put, you know, no name to the face and you gave me those two player stats, it would be obvious that Geno Smith is the better quarterback this season. He's performing at a really high level. I really like the way he uh, played against a Chargers team uh, in L.A. And this entire season, you know, he hasn't turned the ball over that much, and he's, you know, delivering the ball with accuracy, and he has the command of that offense. And he's playing – it's good for Geno Smith because, you know, he's been, you know, thrown to the wolves a lot to, uh, throughout his career. He's been ridden off. But he did not uh, respond to the critics, and he, uh, he's, you know, elevated his play this season. So I'm, I'm really proud of his performance and the way he's playing this season. Yeah, Tyler, I wrote him off multiple times. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote him off, and, and I'm eating those words right now. Is this sustainable for Gino? Do you think he can keep this thing going? I think he is, because you have to remember, when Gino Smith entered the NFL draft, he had, you know, all the measurables. He had yeah. the arm strength. And he was one of those top quarterbacks that teams were salivating for, but he never really performed at the level and lived up to expectations. And now you're kind of seeing him perform at a high level and living up to those expectations that teams believed that he could play at uh, when he was drafted. So I do think it's sustainable. And then, plus, he knows the Seattle system very well since being uh, in Seattle for, you know, a few seasons. So I do think... You know, he can sustain that. And Seattle's uh, offensive line especially um, playing well. Their running back is playing well. So, yeah, he can sustain it. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what. He's, uh, he's like I said, he's making me eat my words, man. Geno Smith is playing some good ball in Seattle for the Seahawks. Final question for you, Tyler. We'll let you go on this. Any players that I didn't bring up that you feel like you feel pretty, pretty strong and pretty uh, passionate about that could be on the move before Tuesday? Denzel Mims uh, from the New York Jets. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he was on the move. Uh, William Jackson, he's not playing right now for the Commanders. So I, I would not be surprised. It's actually likely that he is going to be traded uh, before the deadline. A player like Kareem Hunt as well from um, the Browns could be on the move as well. So there, there are a few names out there that you know could be on the move. Halloween weekend, so I've got to ask. I saw the USA Today piece. Who's the scariest player in the NFL? <laughs> so I picked Aaron Donald. And I think uh, all offense alignment across the National Football League will agree with me on that, <laughs> considering he gets double teamed on uh, almost every snap. Uh, he's the best defensive tackle, in my opinion, in the NFL uh, history. And so he's the scariest player. And if I was the offensive lineman, I definitely would not want to go against him. 
There you go. Aaron Donald. I'm not mad at that. That's a good one. I would think Derrick Henry, too, just because getting him running downhill, uh, someone's going to make a business decision. Like, I know I wouldn't get in his way. I'd, I'd make a business decision every day. I'd be out of there. <laughs> but that's just me. So uh, good That's stuff. a good one, too. That's a good one, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. I mean, he's just too big and strong, man. And he get downhill, you don't want to get in, in front of that freight train. Uh, what do you got coming out on USA Today uh, that we need to be on the lookout for? So I'll be covering this uh, the Rams and 49ers game this weekend, and I'll have a column uh, right after the game. So keep it locked on usatoday.com, and my column will come out immediately after the game. And you can find him on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon, and with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Tyler, thanks so much. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. All right, you too, brother. There he goes. Tyler Dragon, our guy from the USA Today, does a great job. And that's a cool little piece. Who's the scariest? Uh, maybe that'll be something we do on, on Monday. You know, maybe we'll talk about scary players in the NFL or scariest Raiders or I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with some Halloween theme because we all know that I celebrate Halloween, right? We know how much of a Halloween guy I am. <laughs> Said nobody. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about something like that. Come Monday. 345 is the time. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings. VGK is up. They score one goal, Danny. I got to get an update from Danny. Hold on, Danny. I got to call you in here. Wait. Yep, one goal. Okay. You said you were going to get everything started. The party was going to go when they scored. I, hey, the only reason why I didn't is because you had a guest. What does that mean? I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's like if we're at the, if we're at the fortress, well, are you going to be quiet because I'm talking to someone next to me? Oh, absolutely not. Well, then let's go. Let's turn up, Danny. I turn up, man. Oh, I'm turning. <laughs> All the way up. <laughs> 3.47 is the time. Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern. Twitter Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 3.49 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern and Henderson. Come on out here. We got VGK on the TVs. We got a lot of prizes. Coors Light even has a nice Raiders sweatshirt out here. We got some hats. Got all kind of good stuff, man. So you need to come on out here. Raider Nation Radio koozies, cups, all kind of good prizes. The Topo Chico ladies are out here giving out samples, getting you ready for the weekend. And like I said, we got a lot of good family and friends out here as well enjoying our time. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. You'll hear a few sound bites from him. We'll talk about him, continue to talk about the game as there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot on the, on the line. It really is when it comes to this game on Sunday. Even though the Raiders are sitting there with only two wins, man, this is such a big game. It really is. They win this third game. I think the Broncos are probably going to lose in, in, in London. The Chargers look like they're falling apart at the seam, and the Kansas City Chiefs look to be the only team that's really, you know, still, still who they are. The Raiders could turn their season around quick, fast, and in a hurry. If you go through, and I haven't done it yet, and normally I would do this prior so I could just rattle off the, the numbers to you and sound like I know exactly what I'm talking about. Normally I would do that in my preparation, but I have not done that today. But I, I do know for a fact that most of the league is 500 or less, right? I mean, the AFC East, you have the Patriots sitting there at 3-4, and four, so that's one team. In the AFC North, two out of four teams are under 500. The Browns are at 2-5, and five, the Steelers are at 2-5. and five. AFC South, three out of the four teams are 500 or less. The Colts, Jaguars, and Texans. The Colts are three and three and one. The Jaguars are two and five, and the Texans are one and four. Obviously, the AFC West, the Raiders two and four, the Broncos two and five. NFC East, there's only one team that's under 500. That's the Commanders. NFC North, 
Three out of four teams are 500 or less. The Packers are three and four. The Bears are three and four. The Lions are one and five. NFC South, everyone stinks. Everyone's under 500 in that division. Three and four for Atlanta. Three and five for Tampa. Two and five for Carolina. Two and five for the Saints. And in the NFC West, three out of four teams are 500 or less. The Rams, three and three. The 49ers, three and four. Cardinals, three and four. So my point is, there's more teams in the league that aren't that good. Right? And their record's not that good. I don't even want to say they're not that good. I just want to say their record's not that good. There's more teams than not in the NFL. So just because the Raiders are sitting there with only two wins and they have four losses and nobody, including myself, likes that record, I think it should at least be the other way around where they're four and two. They're still in the, in the mix, and they're still a competitive team. They can go on a roll, and once they go on a roll, anything's possible. All right, Q, a little math for you. 19 out of the 32 teams are sitting at 500 or worse. That's what I'm saying. 19 out of 32. Think about that. And I don't know. I'm not, again, we all know I'm not an analytics guy. I don't go through the years counting up all the numbers and everything. But I feel like this is a year that there's more teams that are 500 or less than there normally is at this point of the season, right? I mean, at the beginning of the season, I get it. Teams are, are, are kind of slow out of the gates. But this year, man, it's like everyone. I mean, there's a couple teams that I feel like are really good teams. There's three teams that I look at. I look at the Bills, I look at the Chiefs, and I look at the Eagles. And it's funny, I, I look at them in this order when the Eagles are actually the only team that's undefeated, and I still put them third. I still put them third. I do respect them, though, for going out and making the move that they did, going out and getting Robert Quinn, even though he hasn't, you know, he hasn't had a spectacular season, but he's still he's a guy that you know he could pin his ears back and help with the pass rush. So that's going to help them. If they go and make another move, Howie Roseman, the GM, he likes to make moves. If he, if he goes and makes another move, maybe we're talking about him in a different light. Hell, I even look at the Cowboys. I don't think that they're a fantastic team, but that defense, I'll tell you, is championship defense. They just got to get their blank together on the other side of the ball. Now that they got Dak back, they got some weapons. I know Zeke's out this week, but, I mean, they, they have a chance to do something. But, I mean, really, every team in the league is kind of all bunched up in one. It's like one pot with a bunch of teams. And then there's a pot with, like, a couple of teams. Everyone, they're doing the backstroke. They're doing all kinds of – they're swimming laps. And then the rest of the league is all squished up in this little pot together, and they can't barely move because there's so many teams around. You know what I mean? It's like they're all punched in there and, and, and tied in there like sardines when they're – those other teams, other handful of teams, they're up there chilling. And Q, I know you mentioned that you're not that big of an analytics guy, but remember we had Aaron Schatz on the show. Yep. He did mention that in their Football Outsiders model in DVOA – they still have the Buffalo Bills ahead of the um, Eagles as well. Yeah. So you're not wrong. Even the analytics are backing you up of, hey, man, the records say what they say, but the Bills look like the better team. Right. And, you know, they, they have a, a, a game this uh, Sunday night against the Packers. I think they're 11-point favorites, which to me, in the NFL, that's a lot of points. I think Buffalo's going to win that game. I just I can't see Green Bay losing by 11. They might. They might get blown out. But, it's it's man, it's hard for me to ever – go against those kind of points in the NFL because teams can come back like that. 20 points is 20 points for me in college. Once it's a 20-point spread, I'm like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I remember when Alabama was, what, 25-point favorites over Texas? I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. And Alabama squeaked out of there, squeaked out of Austin with a victory. I think Georgia's 20-point favorites, 20 or 21-point favorites this week. I just, man, 20 points in college is tough for me. to. That's a tough pill for me to swallow. And in the NFL, it's 10 points or more. So that's a, that's a tough one for me. Again, I think Buffalo wins that game. I just don't see, I don't see, them, uh, I don't see Green Bay losing by more than 11 points. 3.55 is the time. We'll come back live at Buffalo Wild Wings. Man, it smells good. 
Ooh, I don't know what just walked by me. I don't know what just walked by me, but man, it smelled good. Man, Damon, can you smell it? I know you're in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, but can you smell that? Yo, I'm going to just take your word for it. The, the double sniff that you just did on air. Man, that, that let me know. It's I mean, got to be good. Danny, did this, did this? I don't want anyone to think I'm making this up. Did this smell all of a sudden just hit us? No, yeah, it was it was when the, the server, the bartender just walked by. I don't know what was in her hand. But I don't it, either, but all of a sudden it went from like zero to 100, right? I mean, all of a sudden the smell just. I know it's Buffalo Wild Wings, but you did the fajitas look. <laughs> You know what? It's almost like that just happened. It almost happened like that. Like maybe they just made some, they had some buffalo wild wings like sizzling on the platter. I don't know. But, man, something, that smell, all of a sudden, that caught my attention. 3.56 at a time. I got to go investigate. Coming up when we kick off hour number three, Josh McDaniels. He met with the media earlier today. You'll hear some of those sound bites. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.